0: Welcome to the Fromer's Audio Walking Tour of Montmartre. I'm Pauline Fromer, creator of the Pauline Fromer Travel Guides. A few things before we get started. I recommend that you download the free map found on the page where you purchased this tour. This will help you follow along as we walk. I'll be giving you directions for how to get from stop to stop. You'll know when a new stop begins when you hear this sound. The tour begins at the Place des Abbesses and will take about two hours, depending on your pace. Be sure to build in extra time to spend in the churches and museums along the way. The best time to go is on a clear day so that you'll have a panoramic view from Sacre Coeur. Be sure to wear comfortable walking shoes and bring along a camera. This is a colorful, bustling neighborhood with lots of interesting and memorable sights. The actual distance on this walk is not long, but the terrain will make it seem a lot longer. A good deal of Montmartre's charm is linked to the fact that it is up on a high hill overlooking the city, so be prepared for some steep ups and downs as well as a few flights of stairs. Here's a little background information before you begin. Montmartre is an area that has become forever linked with a certain mythic image of Paris quaint cobblestone streets, accordion serenades, and the grandly domed Basilica of sacre Coeur hovering in the background. This quaint image is partially based on the work of twentieth-century artist Maurice Utrillo, whose famous paintings of the area portrayed a neighborhood of soft white three-story houses, gentle windmills, and barren trees sticking up from the ground like giant toothpicks. But it's had a rowdier past as well as anyone who saw the movie Moulin Rouge knows. Toulouse-Lautrec, who, interestingly enough, was the mentor of Utrillo's painter mother, gave a much darker portrait of the neighborhood, showing Montmartre as a district of cabarets, circus freaks, and prostitutes. Whatever the ultimate reality, Montmartre has always stood a little bit apart from the rest of Paris. And vestiges of the village-like atmosphere are still to be found, if you know where to look. Yes, the area around Sacre-Cœur is probably the most tourist-clogged in all of Paris, but as you move away from Sacre-Cœur and the Place du Tertre, the crowds thin dramatically, and before you know it, you'll feel like you're in a scene from Jean-Pierre Jeunet's film Amélie. Cobbled streets, corner cafes, and arty boutiques beckon. Historic apartments and studios of artists and writers pepper the streets. Montmartre started out as a sacred hill dedicated to the Roman god Mercury. It was known at various times as the Mont de Mercure and even the Mont des Mars for the god Mars. Later, it was named Mont des Martyrs for the martyrdom of Saint-Denis, which eventually transformed into Montmartre. In the third century, Saint-Denis, the first bishop of Paris, and two of his prelates, saint Rustique and Saint-Éloutère, were arrested and beheaded at the top of the hill. And then, a miracle, Saint-Denis supposedly picked up his own head and carried it to a nearby fountain, washed the blood from his face, and then walked four miles before he collapsed. The religious importance of the hill led to the building of Saint-Denis, which was later replaced by the royal abbey of Montmartre in 1133. This powerful Benedictine abbey was founded by Louis VI and his wife Adelaide, who died there. The church, Saint-Pierre de Montmartre, is the only remaining part of this Benedictine order. Like most medieval abbeys, the abbey of Montmartre became involved in wine production, and before long the hilltop was covered with vineyards. In the 16th century, the first windmills appeared, which were used to press grapes and also to grind the grain produced by the surrounding villages. At one time, there were 13 windmills on the hill, but only two remain today, the Moulin de la Galette and the Moulin Radet. You can get close to both of them on this tour. By the 18th century, Montmartre was a bustling village. The neighborhood was the source of the city's wheat, wine, and gypsum. Wine production gradually declined with increasing competition from the wines produced in the south of France. Now only a symbolic vineyard remains, more for nostalgia than for wine. The gypsum quarries closed in 1860, the same year that Montmartre was annexed as part of Paris. Towards the end.